0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Weekly Walk-Off on the Did You Hear Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and Pat, we're back for our first Weekly Walk-Off baseball edition, even though, as we mentioned, we basically talk baseball every single episode (laughs) nowadays. (laughs) Pretty much. I think that's something you and I can get behind and something we were so sad to miss when we were taking our break Was the trade deadline obviously and today i think we are going to kind of take a step back not focus on the nitty-gritty of the trades but instead on the aftermath of the biggest moves that were made and how the teams are performing since the trade deadline almost two weeks almost three weeks ago at this point
1: yeah exactly it feels really good to be able to come back here with some weekly walk-off because we love our our shorter baseball episodes every weekend and like you said we've got a, it's it's not a ton yet you know with the trade deadline being july 30th but there is certainly been uh, a bit of a sample size at this point so i think it's a cool time to kind of look and see how these different deals are affecting playoff races kind of across the league right now
0: can you confirm before we get into it that this was the best trade line trade deadline that you've ever experienced
1: it was phenomenal Uh, And I was out on the golf course for most of it, and not only out on a golf course, but out on a golf course in the mountains, so I had limited reception, and I'm still trying to check my phone between every hole to see if any deals had gone down, Uh, and when they sporadically would come in, it was was pretty cool, so I mean, what a trade deadline this was, I wish we could have had a shower based around it, because it was so great, so we'll be cool to look back a little bit.
0: We could have had a day long live recording and really just cuff. reacted every single time. I had notifications on Breaking from about news. Oh, I had six passes. different yep. people. Yep. yeah, yep. had to do it. So I mean, this is truly the biggest one that I can remember. I think it's pretty much confirmed at this point that it was the biggest one anybody can remember because ten all stars were moved.
1: but I just Listen. love
0: I love the activity.
1: The best thing that Major League Baseball did for the trade deadline was get rid of the waiver tra- trade deadline oh, August, Yes. Because that just completely, ki- while it was great to have the non-waiver trade deadline July 31st normally, uh, you know, teams often held out because they yeah. knew they basically had another month before they where they could evaluate things and, and see if they wanted to go all in. So getting rid of that and forcing these deals to be made by usually July 31st, this year July 30th, mm-hmm. uh, has been just great for baseball
0: hard deadlines we love it hard we love deadlines. it put them on the spot all right why don't you start us off where you where do you want to go first
1: yeah so i if we're looking at impact right now and what has really helped kind of change a race I, i'll go to the national league east the place that we started and all three teams that are in contention right now were active at the trade deadline you know you had the mets going in for javier baez i i I'll give you a quick reaction to that and that I was excited in the moment when I saw it was Baez. That excitement quickly turned when I saw what the return was for Javier Baez, (laughs) but we don't need to do a full breakdown on that and how I feel about Baez as a player because it's been discussed many times on our shows. Uh, The Phillies really went in there and tried with pitching to, to sure things up with Kyle Gibson as well as ian kennedy bringing back freddie galvis as well you know a former face to try to solidify some some infield depth and then the atlanta braves is where i I really want to go to as they were incredibly active and showed you that they firmly believe that they could go and win the national league east and listen from what we've seen from the trade deadline on as we talked about in our show for me they are the favorites to win this division from here on out and what they did they went out and got adam duvall who has not hit for much average, but is a huge power hitter and is one of the national league leaders in RBIs. They go out and get Eddie Rosario as well, who's, you know, a decent outfield bat. And they got your guy Richard Rodriguez as well from the from the Pittsburgh Pirates to yep. be able to come down and really solidify that bullpen. And basically all the Braves have done since then is win. And as I said, they they've turned a deficit now into a two and a half game lead, I believe, as last noted from for when we record this. So the Atlanta Braves were aggressive. It didn't matter that they lost Ronald Acuna. It didn't matter that Marcelo Zuna has been out for most of the season. They went out, they were aggressive, and right now things are really paying off.
0: I think we could spend, you could spend days, years, whatever, priding yourself on picking out the best stats and the best mm-hmm. numbers and showing why Jorge Soler is going to turn his whole batting stance around. And
1: oh, I didn't even mention him. Thank find you for all this,
0: Yeah, I'll find all this maximum production. But there is something to be said for getting confidence, gaining confidence, because you know that your GM is behind you. Absolutely. And you know that your front office is behind you. You're seeing it with the Braves. You're seeing it with the Phillies. You're seeing it with the Yankees. And on the flip side, look what's happened to the Red Sox since the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That's obviously not something that you can quantify, but I am certain that if High and Bloom had gone after, let's say a high impact arm like Jose Barrios, mm-hmm. there definitely would be a different narrative around the Boston Red Sox I right now. So. And then I think you could pretty confidently say that there would be a different attitude in the clubhouse. And I think you, th- I mean, that's, the perfect way to sum up what the Braves are doing right now. And the first word that came into my mind was honestly the land of misfits. And that's not really (laughs) fair because all those names are very well proven so far. But Mm -hmm. Eddie Rosario has struggled the last couple of years. Jock Peterson has struggled in terms of playing time. He's needed a place to prove that he can hit both righties and lefties and get all that time in the outfield. And Jorge Soler, the power is very obvious, but yes. everything else is struggling. So I think it's cool. I mean, I, that's such a cheap way to say it, but I think it's cool that Anthopolis specifically went after those guys, and then you have the other traits in terms of speed and versatility in guys like Ozzy Albies and Dansby Swanson and Ozzy Aust- Austin Riley. has
1: been on fire when right? Acuna went down.
0: It seems so well-balanced. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about the Braves right now. They are it, so well-balanced.
1: Please, though, do not overstate the loss of Pablo Sandoval. Not his playing, <laughs> yes. but the fact that he would give panda hugs after every Braves home run. They that, do
0: miss that. They, they
1: oh. got to miss that in the clubhouse. But, no, you're so right for the clubhouse reaction for, for showing that your front office is behind you. I mean, just think about what was coming out of Seattle after the Kendall Graveman trade. Yeah, that's players, another great example. Multiple yeah. players... Uh, anonymous, anonymously contacted Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passon to voice their displeasure over what they had done, trading Graveman you know, to, to someone they were competing with in their own division. And I don't think, or I do think that that had a lot to play with the Mariners then going out and getting Diego Castillo from yeah, the race, because just to not completely lose that clubhouse. So I absolutely think you're on the ball there.
0: Yeah, so I actually... I didn't want to phrase it in my mind as winners and losers, because I think that's overdone. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to focus on a team that had a fire sale and try and find some positivity out of it. Sure. And actually, the team that I thought of was the Nats. Yeah. So, I mean, a month ago, maybe a little bit more than a month ago, the Nats, we we were, I mean, we literally said on this show, we were wondering if the Nats were going to buy or sell because the NL East was so close, because Kyle Schwarber went on that run, because they had Max Scherzer, who's having one of his best seasons, because they have Trey Turner, who's an NL MVP candidate, the Nats could have bought. And I think you said that Mike Rizzo doesn't sell. You said that, right? I did, yeah. He has
1: never done it in
0: the past. Which is part of the reason why it was so shocking. Mm -hmm. But I actually think that, A, the Nationals did the right thing, and I think they did even better than could be expected when you sell all of those guys. And the reason I think that is obviously because of the prospect haul yes. they got back. And, and I'll highlight some of the big names. They they now have 16 more prospects. Almost all of them are in the top 100. Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray those from the, the Dodgers. Yep. One and two right now, right in front of Cade Cavalli. Gerardo Carrillo is another guy from LA. He comes in at number 10. Aldo Ramirez, part of the Kyle Schwarber trade. He comes over from Boston. He's 11th in their system now. And then Riley Adams, a really highly regarded catching prospect from Toronto, 13th in their in their system now. I think this is an interesting discussion specifically for the Nats because obviously this is all done in the name of we have a top three to top five talent in baseball. Mm-hmm. So we have to work around him. And when it comes down to it, there actually isn't that much time. Before you decide when you have to pace Juan Soto. That's true. So you needed high impact prospects, and I think this is just about as high impact as you can get, versus what we talked about when the U Darvish and Blake Snell trades went down. And we're thinking the Cubs aren't gonna be able to do anything with these guys for three or four years. Josiah Gray has already made
1: three starts for the next. Exactly. Kiba Ruiz is right there too. Right. No, I, I'm completely with you on it, and we've discussed it before, and kind of my philosophy on it is if you're going to rebuild, rebuild, and that's what the Nationals are looking to do. Too many teams take these half measures around trade deadlines. we are like, oh, maybe we'll go in, but maybe we'll go out, so we won't go all the way in and we won't go all the way out. Perfect example of that is the St. Louis Cardinals, who I don't hmm. know what the hell they were doing <laughs> trying to acquire pitching, and they go after John Lester and Jay Happ. Yeah. In the year 2021, their <laughs> pitching acquisitions were John Lester. Yeah,
0: you would think Jake it was 2014. I, it's just, like Jake Arrieta. It's something yeah.
1: like that. That blows my mind. It's what the Mets did as well. They didn't go all in and try to try to get through all of their needs. They didn't go after pitching. They they went after Javier Baez for a rental and gave up a massive prospect for it. That's not going all in, knowing the deficiencies still around the team. What the Nationals did is they went all in on a rebuild and they went all in on a fire sale. I mean, you didn't even mention Daniel Hudson got shipped out, Jan yeah. Gomes got shipped out, as I said John Lester got shipped out, Josh Harrison got sent out. They traded anyone and everyone that they could that was not named Juan Soto. And when you are, you know, when you evaluate your team and you think it's you've got your building block in place with Soto and you want to start things over, you might as well go for it. And that's why I think the Nationals did a very smart and very strategic move.
0: Strategic's the perfect word for mm-hmm. it. So where things get dicey then is that Juan Soto is now the leader. And I, you don't even put quotes around it. He is the leader of this team at 22 years old. I don't know if he's 22 even. He might be even younger. Did
1: you see his uh, his Instagram post?
0: No, I didn't. What did he say?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, as you said, you refer to the, the big... Uh, fire sale that just happened. Yeah, he posted a, a, a caption about him staring out at the Apple at Citi Field about dreams and the Big Apple in oh, New God. York. So I you know, see,
0: I, I did see that.
1: Maybe he, maybe he, maybe he uh, you know, he's thinking about the future. I'm completely kidding. He's if <laughs> if he's not a national for life, I will be beyond shocked. But
0: it would be beyond shocking. I don't know yes. why he would go about doing something like that. But I've I've read a lot of articles that seem to think that 2024 is the year when you're either going to have to pay him or or let him go. And that mm-hmm. pay, I mean, we've talked about, we've jokingly said 500 million, but it's it going to be. be in the <laughs> ballpark yeah. of that. It, was, it too, was it too much? And I'm answering my question. I'm thinking out loud here. No, because there's obviously no point of keeping a Max Scherzer. And if you think Juan Soto is the guy and you have to put all your resources into him, then you can't, strategically, logically keep Trey Turner, too, and Jan Gomes, too, and Kyle Schwarber, etc. Yeah. But you are putting all your eggs in these unproven talents. I have a crazy stat. Strasburg and Corbin, the two pitchers remaining, who they owe about a billion dollars to over the <laughs> next couple seasons, have a combined 21 years of Major League Baseball experience. None of the other pitchers on the roster and that they have acquired, have logged innings in more than six MLB seasons.
1: That's crazy. Yes. Talk
0: about inexperience. Talk about taking a risk. You and I can both agree that it might have been the best thing to do, but I also have absolutely zero confidence that the Nats are going to be back in the World Series by 2023 or 2024. It just doesn't happen that quickly.
1: To, to your point about a calculated risk, as you said, you know what, and as I jokingly kind of point out with the the Instagram post from Juan Soto, you know what does Juan Soto think about that? That yeah. basically anyone talented around him got traded. Now he knows he's the guy in DC, but of course he's going to want to win, and obviously understandable. He can't even hit free agency until the winter of twenty twenty five, so there's mm-hmm. there's certainly still some time there, and he doesn't get to dictate his future. But you know that's you got to imagine that's in his mind. So I'd be very interested what the Nationals do. Uh, there's some big time prospect pickups, as you said, Josiah Gray is, was, has been one of the higher touted, uh, pitching prospects. As you said, we've already seen him pitching now on the major league level. Keeper Ruiz, top, uh, big time catching prospect again, right around the major league level. You know, they, they, so they did acquire some guys that can help out the team and help them out soon. It wasn't that, you know, Cubs mantra of let's trade for a bunch of 17 year olds and -hmm. (laughs) and see what happens. Um, But the other thing I think about it is, you know, Max Scherzer was most likely going to go this offseason anyway. I have no problem, you know, Kyle Schwarber, sell high on him. You know, Jan Gomes as well, Daniel Hudson. Trey Turner is the only one that I think would really sting me if I was a Nationals fan for trading because they did have him under team control for a couple more seasons. But including him in that deal with the Dodgers with Scherzer, you know, is that the reason why they were able to get... Both Cab- Cabert Ruiz and Josiah Gray? I would assume so. Yeah, um, that's a really uh, good point. I would guess it would only have been one, maybe even none, w- without him in that deal. So, with Scherzer only being a rental. So, uh, they they had to bite the bullet on Turner, but he is the only one that I would regret or have the possibility of regret trading. If yeah, I'm that's nasty.
0: actually a really good way to put it because Scherzer was definitely going to walk. And those yep. other guys, y- you get good flashes out of Kyle Schwarber, but he sure. certainly isn't somebody you just, can
1: build he's, around. he. The last thing we saw of him was that ungodly tear he was on. He's on a one-year deal. Yeah. You may as well sell high on him when mm-hmm. you're not going to the playoffs anyway. So This I, is probably uh, the
0: highest it'll ever be. Exactly. That's yeah. the point.
1: So you might as well go for it there. Yeah, so yeah, I, 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 I'm in on the strategy from Rizzo.
0: I am too. And there really isn't holding them holding anything back for them to re-sign Turner. I mean, and that's still an option, technically. Well, actually, he's there for two years, right? He yeah, he's not a free AGC agent for-
1: until uh, winter 23.
0: 23. Okay, I guess it's 21.
1: Yeah, two years. Yep.
0: Um, you know, you never know. I, I. The other thing is when you build this sort of farm system, all it does is give you flexibility because you can see how it goes next season. You can see how it goes in 2023. And then if you're in the position where you're one arm away or you're one shortstop away in this case, then you can package some guys together and go out and get a big name. And I think that's what's handicapped so many good teams and that's what makes me a little bit worried about the Strasburg and the Corbin and even the Scherzer contacts they're going to be pl- they're going to be paying Max Scherzer I think for seven years
1: yeah
0: that that hamstrings you I know that's one of your favorite words that uh, hamstrings absolutely.
1: you. absolutely I love yeah. that
0: <laughs> it's tough but <laughs> it I think is. generally I give this an A, I guess. As horrible as it is, as horrible PR wise it is. I'm happy I'm not a Nats fan to say the least. But I think Rizzo did the right thing.
1: But the funny thing is, so you give the Nationals an A, I give the Dodgers an A yeah. too. And yeah, the, totally. It's, but it's funny when you think about it. How many trades are A's for both teams? Mm-hmm. Not many. You you really <laughs> someone usually wins a deal. It usually takes some time for these you know these tra- And of course, you know we'll, we'll see how these prospects develop and if they end up winning three world series with the nationals and the dodgers don't win one this year or next year you can say the nationals really really won the trade but Mm -hmm. as we stand for what both teams were looking for both of these teams won because the nationals did exactly what they wanted and the dodgers get a frontline starter with playoff potential playoff potential playoff experience a world series to his name multiple Cy Youngs and Trey Turner who may be or over the last year a year plus has been Possibly the best shortstop in the game, I yeah. say with a question mark, just looking at the statistics. Um, you know, so I, I think if you're the Dodgers, you're also beyond thrilled here. It's obviously quite the quite the uh, challenge to try and catch the Giants with how they've been playing, and then of course they go out there and get Chris Bryant as well. But you know the Dodgers in a wild card game is not going to be fair for whoever they have to right? play against who,
0: I mean it's they're literally going to lose sleep over who they're going to start yeah do you How pitch do you Bueller, pick or between Scherzer? Bueller or Scherzer exactly. exactly
1: man pitch both
0: yeah seriously five five opener yeah
1: Bueller's your <laughs> opener Scherzer comes in for the for the final four innings
0: it really is it really is crazy but I actually have another trade that I think I would give both sides an A
1: please go for it
0: I think Starling Marte to Oakland
1: mm-hmm. and Jesus
0: Lazardo to Miami. All I right. think
1: A- accomplishes what both teams wanted. I'm exactly.
0: You. In in the Nats' case, they weren't competing. They get to reconfigure the farm system. They give the Dodgers the guy that is going to put them over the hump. And the other thing, the last thing about the Dodgers, the Padres were going to sign Scherzer. Yeah. And then the Dodgers within hours swoop in and sign him themselves. That was the craziest part about those this whole thing.
1: That but, <laughs> when that broke, uh, I think we both texted each other as that was a true oh my god moment in yeah, baseball. So it felt like dropped. the NBA, NBA offseason right there.
0: It was insane that that deal was even able to happen. Again, and, and you throw Turner in there and then you get those two prospects back. Yep. But in terms of as I I really strongly think that Marcus Semien was the best offseason move Mm -hmm. this year, and I think it will go down that Starling Marte will be the most impactful trade deadline move. And, you know, you have Scherzer and Turner. If the Dodgers win the World Series, then it's going to be different. But I think Starling Marte takes the A's from a playoff darling story to a team that other teams desperately don't want to face in the playoffs. I mentioned I like it in that. the episode earlier in the week. The Ramon Laureano loss was a huge deal. I mean, Chad Pinder is going to be moved into an everyday role if Ramon Laureano is out. And then they go out and get one of the best center fielders in the game right now who can steal a base, who can play excellent defense, who can hit at any point in the lineup. It's perfect. And the Marlins get Jesus Lazardo, who is kind of high risk, high reward, but it's not really high risk because it's the Marlins, mm-hmm. and now this makes them have one of the nastiest starting rotations in the next three to five years.
1: Yeah, so I, I look at it from the Marlins' perspective, and I'm tri- like to the moon thrilled if you're yeah. if you're a Marlins fan with what they're able to get with Lazardo. I believe he's 23 years old. I I may be misquoted there, but I I think he's around there. You know, we've seen the potential flash with him. His big problem this year was that he's been injured after. <laughs> I believe video injuring gaming. his yeah injuring his thumb playing, <laughs> playing video I, yeah games. he's got
0: to figure himself out a bit
1: but, <laughs> um, but the potential is there for him to be a you know I, I don't know if he's an ace but he's a front of the rotation type starter and and to be able to get him for a Starling Marte who has been a, a really good Marlin you know helped that lead them to the playoffs last year and then able to net him a Lozardo I think Marlins fans are going to be able to look at the Marte reign as a a, a very nice time in Miami and and for you too with, with Marte going to the A's, you know he, he's just such a nice fit you know with everything he does in the outfield um it's as we say it's it's a win-win just like that Dodgers Nationals yeah. trade
0: I I really think so and Another point about Lazardo, He doesn't have to be the ace. No. Trevor Rogers can be the ace. Yep. Sixto Sanchez can be the ace. Sandy Alcantara can be the Can't ace. Can't wait
1: to see Sixto back on the mound. Right?
0: There's so much good stuff happening in Miami. And that's my favorite thing to talk about because of Kim, Kim Eng and what she's yep. building. Kim Eng. But I, I really think, again, these two teams, they are in polar opposite positions, they're truly just helping each other out and they both get exactly what they want out of it. And talking, I mean, the A's got almost half of the Nationals roster. They're the ones that (laughs) got Jan Jan Gomes and and John (laughs) Harrison and Andrew Chaffin is back. I think he's another... uh, lower profile guy obviously that just adds another really quality I would have liked the Mets
1: to go after him yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) I would have liked the Red Sox to go after Mm -hmm.
1: him yeah Yeah. on Marte too he's hitting 360 since being acquired by the A's so yeah I think
0: I think I saw a stat that he might be the first person since whoever some guy named like Bumpus or something um to Bumpus w- Jones? Yes, Bumpus <laughs> Jones. <laughs> no, th- I, that was just a joke because of the name Bumpus. Yes. Whenever you hear word like Bo Hodges, just crazy. It's like oh,
1: it's a guy from the 1890s. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's when you know. But anyways, that Starling Marte might lead both the AL and the NL in stolen bases because of his time spent in both leagues. It's pretty cool. Doesn't happen every day n- nowadays.
1: Pretty cool. Yeah, 33 for him on the season now. Um, really, really. Strong. It's awesome. And then I'll I'll give you one more trade, and it's. It's one that I thought was a little perplexing when it happened, and I think it's still kind of questionable now that we've seen things play out a little bit. And it was the Padres' acquisition of Adam Frazier. Mm. Now, that's not a slight against Frazier, who is you know leading Major League Baseball in hits, but since he came to the Padres, we're 20 games in now. He's hitting 250 with a 280 on base percentage and a 65 OPS plus, which is almost 40 points below league average since getting to San Diego. So not only have you seen him underperform to what we've seen Adam Frazier do, you know, with the Pirates this year, but it never felt like in the, you know, positional jigsaw, it made sense for the Padres, and you're seeing it right now with the lineup that they have to throw out there with the positional alignment, you know, Adam Frazier's at second, Jake Cronenworth is now playing shortstop, Fernando Tatis is out in the outfield, Eric Hosmer was upset because they were looking to trade him, and he's a big money guy, it just, for me, the trade... I understand acquiring good players is never a bad thing, but positionally it never made too much sense. And now you go into the fact that he is most certainly underperforming expectations since getting to San Diego. Now, of course, there's still over a month, you know, for this se- only this season to uh, to get things back on track for him, and he's got more control after just this season. But you know, it it confused me when it happened, and I think we're seeing part of what makes it confusing now with guys like Tatis back.
0: Yeah, you actually put that very, very well. I I thought the same thing. You never... When you have a high-caliber player like Frazier, it almost doesn't matter where he goes. Yeah. Because you can put him at the top of the lineup and he's going to make an impact. But if there's one thing that the Padres don't need... It's young, versatile middle infielders. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Adam Frazier is. I, I mean, I remember texting you when this happened. They have Cronenworth, they have Tatis, they have Hassan Kim. Yep. They had Jorge Mateo at the time, who was since traded. They have Jerks and Profar. They also had a gaping hole in their rotation. and they Marcano have gaping was a top holes. prospect for
1: them, too, that yeah, they traded the, for him.
0: Gaping holes in the bullpen. And their outfield isn't as strong as it could be. I I thought it was surprising. Again, of course, you like a guy like that. I was surprised also that teams didn't put together a better offer for him. Mm-hmm. A left-handed bat like Frazier would have been really valuable somewhere else. And then, obviously, it's just the bummer of him not performing as well yes. as he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird, and... I guess now it looks a little bit better because Tatis has to play the outfield, (laughs) right? Of course, you can't account for that. The thing that just blows my mind every year is that it truly doesn't matter what position the person plays. They're going to be used because injuries happen. It's just how it works.
1: Yeah, no, it is. I just, I I find it, you know, interesting with the connection that the Padres have been struggling. Of course, they've been decimated by injury and especially Mm -hmm. pitching-wise and pitching underperformance. But, you know, to use a top chip in Marcano... To go for an Adam Frazier, which, as I said, I, I never thought really fit the puzzle for the Padres when I thought there were some other needs out there, like starting pitching, that I would have yep. liked to have seen them go harder after. Now, of course, it's not their fault that the Dodgers pipped them to Max Scherzer because mm-hmm. that would have been the perfect deal for them. Uh, but it's just it, it's one to monitor and one that uh, I, I think, you know, with the Padres' underperformance lately, Frazier's really struggling as well.
0: One of my favorite things ever is looking back at all the World Series Champions and mm-hmm. seeing the move they made at the trade deadline, there sure. was such a cool streak. Like the Red Sox picked up Nate Evaldi in 2019, the Astros picked up Justin Verlander. You could go on and on. I wonder what that move is going to be because if yeah. the Padres are going to win the World Series, I think they needed some extra juice, and Frazier isn't that guy right now. Yeah, and you can point to a lot of other teams that got the extra juice that we just talked about.
1: No, I I would agree. Yeah, definitely some candidates in there. You know, the, your Scherzer, your Turner, your Bryant for the National yeah. League, and you know the White Sox you could look at a Ryan Taparo Tep, uh, or a, mm-hmm. a Craig Kimbrell possibly. You know, of course those are the favorites that I've kind of uh, put around. there. It'll be very cool to see who is which trade is it that puts yeah. one of these teams over the top.
0: Yeah, the Rizzo, the Gallo, the Bar. The Rizzo.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: It, it could Kyle totally- Schwarber. Yeah. Oh, don't
1: Wait. even. Don't even. You had
0: me going there, too. Uh, I have one more that I wanted to discuss, and this yeah. one is personal. And I think there were some big names, I guess less so than normal. I think there was much less disappointment around this trade deadlines about the trades that didn't happen versus excitement over what did happen. Trevor Story, obviously the big one. Mm hmm. Somebody else on the Rockies.
1: Disaster.
0: Disaster. Yes, even they thought the trade deadline was July thirty
1: first. You can't tell me that the Rockies actually held on to him willingly. They they definitely thought the trade deadline was July thirty first.
0: You would think that they're just burning bridges with any potential free agent that's going to come to Colorado in the next ten years. What's the sales pitch? It's What's such the
1: message? <laughs> uh If you're a hitter, you've got the potential to hit a lot of home runs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> even that might not be that great if you're in Colorado. That's it. CJ Crone.
1: hmm
0: I, I think I mentioned him when I was talking about first base options and even left-handed bats options that Red fire, Sox ability. could use. August stats, his slash line, Pat, 431, Yeah. 517 his slugging percentage is 9.22.
1: I knew it was good. I didn't know it was that good.
0: It's, we're in the 20s of August. When this episode drops, it's August 20th, and he's slugging 9.22 across 20 days. That's absurd. And he's playing for the Colorado Rockies, and I don't care how many walk-off wins they have, it's an injustice that he's playing for the Rockies. It's an injustice that Trevor Story is playing for the Rockies, it's an injustice that Daniel Bard is playing for the Rockies, and it's an injustice that Herman Marquez and John Gray are pitching for the Rockies. Something had to be done. Trevor Story was the biggest name, John Gray was another big one. I think CJ Cron is going to go down. Every single time I see a notification about him, my heart is just going to slowly crack. Because imagine (laughs) what kind of impact he could be having on a team like the Red Sox right now.
1: No, you you're so right. As as I kind of alluded to there with the Rockies, I just don't understand what the strategy was if there was a strategy heading into this trade deadline because it doesn't make sense. And um, he's
0: a flyer guy too. So he a it almost makes contract, like contract, yeah. What was stopping other teams from calling about him? Mm-hmm. I don't there must have been something because it is so glaringly obvious to me. What's stopping GMs from hopping on the phone with Colorado? I don't. I don't know. It. My makes me only guess would be that it, the Rockies
1: had some sort of insane ask, because yeah, otherwise, why would he not be traded?
0: What gives them to right the right to have an insane ask?
1: They're the Rockies, and they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> that no would be idea. why.
0: <laughs> but he is. He's also a candidate for August Player of the Month. I mean, at this Absolutely point, it's going to take a miracle for someone to surpass him.
1: No, he definitely is.
0: Yeah, but. Man, do you, do you have anybody else? I just. I'll give some general winners, even though I said that this is overrated. Uh, I think the Yankees are going to look back on this. I think mm-hmm. the Dodgers are going to look back on this. And then on the flip side, I think the Nationals, even the Cubs, I think did the right thing, and they As still have the option to sign these guys back. I don't think the Twins did enough. I don't think the Red Sox did enough. Are there any other big contenders that didn't do enough? Giants I think had a good trade down. I
1: I told you I'm I'm upset with what the Mets did at the And the deadline, Mets, but, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's true. Especially yes. with
0: how active the NL East was. Also, AL East it might I mean yeah, the AL East it might be might not be enough to put the Blue Jays over this year, but I think Jose Barrios is Got going exactly, to be a Exactly have more Jay. control. For a long time, mm-hmm. he's a guy that you keep under contract. He's That's
1: why I'm guy. more than comfortable with that deal. Giving up Woods Richardson was, you know, a bit of a, a, a big prospect for them, but you know you you've got extra control on Barrios, and I, I I think he's gonna stay there, so it's it's well worth it in my eyes. Yeah, people were really up in arms about
0: that trade. I had no qualms with it. I, nope, I get that he's I. a big guy. I get that he's a big guy, Woods Richardson, but Jose Barrios has proven that he can be one of the best starters in the AL. Mm-hmm. And now you have him behind Ryu, and then hopefully Ray stays this version of himself. I mean, think about the think about the rotation of Hunter Ryu, uh, Jose Barrios, sorry, Jose Barrios, Robbie Ray, Nate Pearson, and Alec
1: Manoa. Uh, That's exactly what I was going to go to Pearson and Manoa as the next two that I'd be very right? excited about the development for.
0: You've got some holes in the bullpen to fill up, and then you've Definitely. got that offense that we always talk about. The Blue Jays are going to be serious serious for a long long time
1: i wish we got to see them with a a healthy kirby yates yeah hold down that but he'll be
0: back i think he'll be back
1: i think so too yeah um but that's uh they're they're exciting
0: yeah i feel like all i talk about now is how long success is gonna be for so many teams think about all, all the young talent that the Nats have all the young talent that the blue jays have that the red Sox have it's it's gonna be a while it's going to be a while for these teams. I, AL East Dynasty, I keep saying it, but I, you I did. truly believe it.
1: It's uh, it's really awesome. It's an ex- yeah. As we say it every time, it's an exciting time for baseball. Do not listen to the people that, that tell you that it's not. Yes. They're just, they're just not right.
0: And Pat and I were on a... One of our friends, Jevin LeFave, has a podcast named Left Side Heavy. Make sure to check it out. Go check we it out. We were talking about the Field of Dreams game. And I'll quote Pat, and he said... MLB often gets in its own way, but they did the Field of Dreams game right. MLB often gets in its own way in terms of the trade deadline, too,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they did this one right. And they gave the fans what they want, and that is a lot of action, and that's exactly what happened.
1: It's a good feeling when baseball gets things right, right? Right.
0: <laughs> It gives us some real uh, some real traction when we talk to people about how much we love baseball. We can yes. give them concrete evidence about why it's good. Matt Scherzer <laughs> and Trey Turner are building, building a super team out in LA. That's why you should watch baseball.
1: Exactly. And because yeah. Trey Turner can slide into home plate cooler than anyone else.
0: Oh, I watched that live.
1: Oh, you I saw that live? Like, oh, that's, I that's felt great. like
0: I randomly turned on the Dodgers game and literally watched that slide. And then it was all over Twitter for yep. an entire day. So mm-hmm.
1: cool. Had to be mentioned
0: Had to be (laughs) mentioned Yes
1: Sweet Uh, That felt good to do a weekly walk off again
0: Right We're back Fully back Yeah
1: We are back But alright That will do it for us then Here on Did You Hear Podcast Weekly walk off edition Be sure to Subscribe to the show On iTunes And follow us on Spotify Leave a rating as well As that really helps us out Follow us on Instagram And Twitter At Did You Hear Pod We're bat flipping into the weekend And Emma That's a wrap